Yeah. God, you know, I this never gets old. I love it. Hey, it's BT with Tales from a Gemini. We're gonna jump right into it with my guest, all the way in Australia. We had to do, we had to set up the times. I forgot about that time. They're on the other side of the world, so we had to set the time up. Like I'm coming in on a Thursday at uh, at night. Usually at this time, I'm I'm in bed. I've I've read the Bible for like two hours, and then um, and, okay, I'm not. But usually, um, I don't know what I'm doing around this time. But and we we never do it this time. But because my guest is so special, I said we're gonna make this work and damn it we did and so i'm so glad to have you on the show maddie scordia how are you sweetie i'm good thank you for having me and making the time i'm really sorry <laughs> no 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 thank you because i'm you're the one at work so thank you and also i was going to start this off by pissing you off by saying muhammad salah is overrated and i'd be damned if he didn't score a goal today i was gonna i was gonna start i was gonna start off saying muhammad salah is overrated and i'd be damned if he didn't score a goal and i go well th- there goes that opening <laughs> there goes that opening like statement. I, I agree with you though like i don't disagree really <laughs> like, we're in the same boat. I don't disagree with you at all. <laughs> See, I knew we were alike in certain ways. I was like, you know what? I bet you agree with me because no offense to him. I, I have nothing against him personally. And this is all just professionally. I just think he's overrated. I mean, he's kind of fast, I guess. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's kind of fast, but I'm kind of fast too. I mean, you know, for my age group, I'm kind of fast. Yeah. So, I, I, but I'm like, there's nothing that makes me go, oh, they got Salah. There's nothing that makes me do that. No, I get it. I feel the exact same way about many athletes actually <laughs> we, can, we can get into that that's fine no. <laughs> okay well who's your uh, uh, i know liverpool is your favorite that's why i was gonna say to piss you off but who's your uh your favorite uh how about this who's your favorite player from in uh currently uh in liverpool on liverpool's team uh i don't have one because they just don't have the same like mm. grits mm. of the early 2000s especially like they do don't get me wrong they're like six-time world champions but the last two years I'm like I'm just not feeling it I haven't even been keeping up with it to be quite honest with you oh. I've been so consumed with work and really? also I don't want to get up at 3 a.m to watch football <laughs> you're not a real fan then you're not a real because you know what oh. when Moto GP comes on tonight I'm gonna set the alarm when like- Moto GP comes on I'm there that's different well, that 3 a.m is a it's a hike. <laughs> well, you know what? You guys have it so easy because you guys don't understand. When you're in the United States, there's only one time a year, two times a year, that it's on the same time frame. The, like, that's when it's in Argentina. Other than that, we have to stay up all night, three or four in the morning. You understand? I'm doing this. I'm literally doing this, drinking Red Bulls, taking no-dos, doing bumps. I mean, having like, little kids kick me in the nuts to stay up all night to watch MotoGP. You have no idea what we have to go through. And you guys get that one or two times a year go, oh, my God, it's 3 o'clock in the morning. I go, just suck it up, buttercup. Suck I'm it up. I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry that it's for you. I really am. <laughs> I don't know what you want me to say. No, it's not. Okay, you know what? I want to get into your childhood because I, you know, I look at the great thing about this is, is that we're going to discover, I'm going to discover you. I think from this interview more than anything because I, you know, I have that little bit, but I don't know a lot, which I like coming in. Like I said, it keeps me a little bit nervous, but yet and still I'm going to discover you. Like I know what we're going to get into, which you know, we're going to get there eventually, but I just want to get to know, like I, what I love about you is you are an Aquarius, right? Uh, born, f- February 11th, and everything about 
your social media fits that fits your profile. You are progressive. You're independent, right? And the great thing about this, you're a humanitarian, is which is what I love. I mean, you stand up for causes. You stand up for people. I think it was what the the Heart Association. I think it is uh, yeah. the, the Rural Fire Department. Every and you know you had the, the blacked out for uh, for uh, Black Lives Matter for George Floyd. I mean, honestly, it's stuff like that. It's the little things like that that let me know. And that and what I love about this is you're more than just that pretty face you see. You're more than just the pictures like ah this girl. I mean honestly, you, ah this girl's full of herself. But then if you dive deeper and and it's funny because Instagram is just pictures. I mean and that's why I like it. But you got to look beneath the pictures and that's where I see your humanitarian your heart. And I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I see that's where your heart is. Little things like that mean so much. And I go yeah she's more than just all oh, glitz and glamour. And, and I love and I, that's why I want to get into it because you love sports. You're a sports fan. So how did you grow up? Like like were you a, uh, were you a sports fan growing up? Did you, uh, did you have more siblings? Or were you, I, I, tell me about your growing up. Yeah, well, I was actually like the youngest of my siblings. So by the time I was born, my next closest sibling was like 15 going on 16. Oh, my God. Um, so I was very much like dad's girl growing up. Like uh-huh. we used to watch sport together all the time. We're big rugby fans. You might have seen that. Go para. Go para. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> big rugby league fans. Um, we love sports. We used to watch MotoGP together on the TV. I remember being a little girl and watching the wheels. Yeah. And the tires like yeah. bend over on the track and be like, wow, that was so cool. Um, but it wasn't actually until probably the last 10 years that I really got into motorsport in particular. Um, I was dating a guy, you know, as everyone does, he was really into motorsport and I kind of took his dream away from him. He loved it. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, I want to be a brolly dolly. I want to be an umbrella girl. I went and did that. And then the next thing I was like marketing manager in, in, you know, events and sport. And I was like, yeah, this is what I want to do with my life. So kind of crushed his dreams a little bit, but <laughs> mine came true. Well, what he's was a it? really nice guy. No, he's a lovely man. I shouldn't say that. He is a lovely man. What was but- it? <laughs> what, what, what was it about? <laughs> what was it about motorsports though that grabbed you? Because I know you, you love your soccer. I know you love your rugby. And are you a cricket fan? Are you a cricket fan also? Yeah, well, when Australia plays, I always am. But I don't have any sympathy for them at the moment. The whole team's in the Maldives. But anyway, oh my they're, doing quarantine. they're doing quarantine in the Maldives. Like, what a life. Oh, my God. <laughs> you poor darling, you poor thing. Okay, so what was it about motorsport that, that grabbed you more than any of the sports? I mean, that, that really captivated you. I think I just really love the, the concept of building something and working together. And like the rider and the driver will go out on the track, right? But they're nothing without their team. Um, and I just really loved being around that. You know, I made so many friends in the paddock really quickly. Um, lived in Europe for a little while, was traveling, was traveling around between races and working and whatever else. And it was just captivating. Like I loved watching it as well. And of course, like I'm going to say the typical thing that everyone says, but man, Valentino Rossi kills it. I was like, he is the coolest human ever. And when I met him, I was like, this is exactly what I wanted to do in my life. This is amazing. Um, So yeah, you know, it was things like that. And meeting my heroes, I think like once I started to understand more about the sport and the history um, and obviously, you know, past riders and present riders and, 
I love a little bit of paddock gossip as well. I, I love, I love some, oh, I've got some good ones. I love some gossip. Oh, I want to hear some gossip um, later. I want to hear some. Oh, we'll see. Um, <laughs> offline, offline. Okay, offline. Okay, offline. <laughs> okay, okay. But um, yeah, there was things like that that just really made me attracted to it. And I think the other thing is I'm a really eccentric, excitable um, energetic outgoing person so it's yes. not particularly hard for me to go and talk to someone and be like hey should we grab a coffee um, but what I noticed was it was just easy for me to make friends in the paddock and people wanted to talk and I loved that there was just so much connection um, and that was probably part of my you know attraction to it well, you know, I mean honestly th- yeah the, the paddock is like that they're great love talk but when it's a beautiful woman A lot of people want to talk and they want to keep talking. So I'm sure you can get like a lot of bits of information out of people. Honestly, when a pretty woman is interested and want to talk, trust me, they will stop what they're doing. If you walked in, it would be like that that song by uh, Digital Underground. Stop what you're doing because I'm about to ruin the image of the style that you used to. (laughs) If you you came over, I'd be like, yeah, uh, we got a new engine, but don't tell nobody. Anyway, Maddie, if you want to have a a cappuccino, I'll tell you everything about the team. You know what I mean? Honestly, when a pretty woman walks in, you'd be surprised what secrets will get told. If you walked, if you came to the United States to walk to that government building, I guarantee you the president himself would tell you everything we've ever done from here to the history of time. <laughs> That's what pretty, I don't know about that, but we can only try. <laughs> That's what pretty women do. Okay, but, but, we, but we skip steps. Okay, so how did you get from Australia to, did you go to live in, uh, was it Italy first? Yeah, so I was in Italy for a little while. Usually we would do like three to six month blocks between Australia and Italy. Um, I was in the UK for a little while up in Liverpool. Um, that's where my heart and soul is. I love it. It's my, I, I don't care what anyone says. It's the best city on earth. It really okay. is. Um, and why is that? Know, why? Why? Because I just, every time I go there, I make friends. Like, I mean, I just, of course It's you the do. most friendly city on earth. I love it. There's of no course. place like it. And also I love the Beatles. So bit of a connection there you know what i was gonna say that but yeah what is it about the beatles that that captivates you because i know you're a big beatles fan and i was gonna save it for the end but since you already mentioned it might as well go there what was it about the beatles that got you because me personally i'm a rolling stones fan when 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 people like you know how it, it goes okay Growing up, it was either Prince or Michael Jackson. I always, I always, used to, I always chose Prince. And they go Beatles or the Stones. I always chose the Stones. So it's well, like. Let me put it. Let me put it this way to you: the Stones would be nothing, nothing without the songwriting of McCartney and Lennon. Lennon McCartney. You watch so, yourself there, Maddie. You it's watch true. Yourself. You watch it yourself, true. young lady. I will it's put true. you. I will put you on a surfboard. A, surf, a, a, a surfboard right. out in the middle of. I, I, I will do that. I will put you on a surfboard in the middle of, of the ocean about Phillip Island. I'll, I'll watch you float away all the way the way they made that movie, uh, the, the, the Kings, the, 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 no, little, with the little Hobbit. Come on, come on. Look, I love the Beatles because my dad loved the Beatles and my dad grew up in the 60s. He was a little boy and he would always tell me this story about him seeing the Beatles when they came to Australia. Yeah. Um, and he used to have like all the Beatles collections and magazines. We're talking like the sixties, you know, everyone was on pot. It was a great time to be alive. But um, he, he made me listen to it growing up. Like I didn't listen to mainstream radio, you know, like I was listening to bands like America, the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, yes. like you, like you name it. I was listening. 
think bands that people wouldn't even hear, like Peter Sarset, he was a great singer, um, Barry Ryan, like a lot of people that people uh, don't know anymore, haven't heard in Donkey's Ears. How about That's Jim- what I had to grow up with. How about Jimmy Barnes? Did you listen to Jimmy Barnes growing oh, up? I love Jimmy Barnes. Jimmy Barnes great. He's Jimmy Barnes great. rocks. When he did that song with NXS, gonna have a good time tonight, rock and roll music, gonna play all night. You know I, it. I, I, how, why would I mention it if I don't know it, girl? I know my well, music. I never, I, like I find with my American friends, they really don't know Australian bands that well. Like we've had a few good ones, but Cold Chisel is, and in excess are like, you know, my top ones. But um, in the US, I find people don't often know about it. They know well, about in excess, maybe not Cold Chisel. I'm the exception to the rule, Maddie. I'm the exception. <laughs> That's who, why my friends Who brings up Jimmy Barnes? I bring up, and I'm the one that bought him up, so I know what I'm talking about, girl. Okay, well, give me the top five, your top five Beatles songs. No particular order. Top of the head. Just top of the head. Don't go. I'm trying to, you know, trying to rank them. Top five, top of the head, top five Beatles songs. In my life, Michelle, help, I want to hold your hand. She's got a ticket to ride. Man, you had that ready. That that was in the holster. That was ready. That was like if somebody broke in your house. <laughs> okay, she was ready for that. Come on. Come on. <laughs> I could be here all day. <laughs> you were ready for that one. Okay. The greatest Beatles album. The greatest Beatles album. In this your opinion. One. So for me, it's Rubber Soul. Like Rubber Soul is my favorite Beatles album for sure. And why is that? Why is that? Because it was at a point in their career where they were so tired. Yeah. <laughs> like you can actually see in the album cover, they look like completely drained. Um, but it was probably some of their best work before things like the White Album and Revolver and whatever else, uh, because it, they, they finally had like writing freedoms and they gained some financial freedom as well. So that album kind of symbolizes the change from we're just a, like a boy pop band to you know we're a proper rock band. Right. And in the space between like 1962 and 1969, those albums changed the world. Now, do you think listening to the Beatles at such a young age, you, honestly, do you think they helped in your development? Uh, because, oh, yeah. Yeah, because when you listen to, like, to greatness when you're young, it kind of takes you in a different direction. You know what I mean? I mean, because it's, I mean, no offense to pop music, and pop music is great. It really is. But when you yeah. listen to greatness like that when you're young, it, I think it sends you on a different path. And you see, and honestly, you seem that way. I mean, don't get me wrong. You sound like you had fun and you do things that t- people typically your age do, but there's also maturity about you that it's like, and I wonder, can you trace it back to the Beatles? Listen to the Beatles when you're younger. Oh, like for sure. And you know what? I think it's because I grew up so closely with my dad as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we were just thick as thieves. Like nothing comes between us even now, even though he's a massive pain in the backside. Like I love him to death. <laughs> oh my God. Um, why, I think it was more. Why is that? that? Well, why is that? Why is that? First of all, why is that? I'm gonna take so a forget- after my after my accident. I had uh-huh. to move in with him. Thank God, I'm moving out next week. <laughs> I've been living on my own since I was 17. Okay, to be a 25 year old woman living with her father and his wife. Like I, I love him, but I'm not 15. Like he'll pick me up from the train station sometimes, and he'll be like, "How's work? And why are you so angry? And why aren't you talking?" It's like, Dad, I talk to people for a living. Like I don't want to talk to you when I get home. Leave me alone. Oh my god. Daddy loves so, you. Daddy I think loves anybody you. can relate to that. Oh yeah. Yeah, but yeah. but Daddy loves you so. You know, be, be nice to pops. Be nice to. Pops. I'm the golden child. <laughs> I, know. I take a, I take a lot of pride in it too. I tell my siblings all the time. <laughs> 
That's beautiful. I love it. I love. Well, you were like I said, you were like, what, the youngest, and and the, the closest to your age was fifteen. So were you like a oops baby, like a we really weren't planning on it to happen. Well, actually, like my I wasn't. Yeah, I was a whoops baby. So my dad had got remarried to my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were like, sweet, we're in our 40s, we're done, like, let's have a nice life. And then nine months later, I was like, nah, bitch, I'm here. <laughs> Get ready. <laughs> Whoops. Was, was, it a par- was it a party that night? What, I mean, what happened? Do you actually know? I don't even want to I don't even want to know what happened. <laughs> like, <"Bleh." laughs> no, thank you. Was some Beatles was some Beatles music playing with Hey Jude playing and you never you never know. Hey Jude was playing and you know, mom and dad had a couple and they go, Hey, you know. My mom doesn't even like the Beatles. That's the funniest bit about it. Like she tolerates them, but she doesn't like them. And that's probably why she had you, because you know, she went those nights like, Yeah, you can put on some Beatles. Next thing you know, your dad's like, I'll show you a revolver. Next thing boom, nine months later, and here you are. Well, that's great though. It turned out great because you got greatness in front of you. Honestly, that's great. And so Here's what I want to know about you, your entrepreneurial spirit. You started with Love My Ride, okay, because you love motorcycles so much that you started a motorcycle accessory company in, is it uh, based out of Sydney? Yeah, so we're based out of the Northern Beaches in Sydney, so mm-hmm. busy. It's really good. Um, it's actually my business partner and I uh, were just throwing ideas around. I had another company in the back of my pocket as well that I was kind of working on but not working on. Um, and then we both realized like, we love motorcycles. What are we doing? You know, this can be a female and male led business, like a young person and a mature person because he's 50 and I'm 25. So between the two of us, like we can see both sides of the market. We can appeal to different people and we can feel that, you know, we can make people feel safe when they want to shop with us. So that's why we started love my ride really. Because we love motorcycles. All we want to do is watch motorcycles go around the track all day. So if we have the opportunity to do that, we'll do it. Oh, my God. Trust me when you say that. I mean, that spoke to me because it's so true. I mean, it's like I fell back in love with motorcycles back in 2006 when I moved from L.A. to Indianapolis. And it's like and it was was literally like being reunited with that that first love. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're in school and you. Oh, my God. There she is. And she moves away. That was back before social media. So you don't know where they went. They could have just went like four miles away. But you thought she was gone forever and you get reunited. And it's it's something about motorcycles, man. And Honda said it best. You meet the best people on motorcycles. And it's the truth. I like Ducatis, but I like a Honda. I'm kind of opposed to Honda. Well, listen, I have a Ducati. I have a Multistrata. And you, do you have a monster? What do you have? What do you have? I don't have anything at the moment. All the photos that I take on my Instagram are actually my business partner's bike that I occasionally go for a spin on. Okay. <laughs> but um, since my accident, I'm not allowed to ride for another 12 months. So I'm looking forward to the day I can get on a bike, but it's now, not going to happen soon. Now, now, what did you have? What did you have? I had a Ducati as well. I had a Ducati Monster. Oh, we, oh, nice. That, I, I thought about getting that bike. There's nothing like a Ducati. There's nothing like Italian. Just Italians are the best when it comes to passion. When it comes to motorcycles and fashion and food, you oh, taste. Yeah. You taste All that of my, passion. My whole wardrobe is from Italy. Like I don't. I lived there for so long, and also you get things at a really good price. You enjoy like you won't get it in the U.S. or Australia. You won't get anything like that here. Yeah. Um, and I love it. And that's why I got the bike as well. Because so I was like, well, if I'm going to get a bike, I'm going to get a bike, man. Yes. I'm going to get a proper motorcycle. You know, I'm not going to start on a, a Grom. No. 
Men can ride it, so can I. There you go. I love that. Okay, would you you ever think about racing? Do you ever think about racing at oh all? Oh, God, no. Me, never, never. Like, been- I, I, I doubled with an ASBK rider, and I was like, no, not ever doing that. No way. Um, but I do love to watch, and I love to interview, and I love to stand in pit lane. That's great. I can do that. That's fabulous, but. You know, I'll save the the racing to the races. Now, now, what are some of your memorable like interviews? Like, who who sticks out in your mind as as one of the great interviews you've had? Oh, Jordi Torres probably. I really love talking to him. He's a lovely, lovely guy. His He's girlfriend great. is beautiful. Like, they are just the nicest people on earth. Yeah. Um, and he's always really nice. Wants to have a chat. Um, no matter what team he's at, it's great. So I think that was a good one. And, we, you know, we just talk shit, really, to be honest. Like, it was not like we talk about. I Like, my whole prerogative when I interview people is to not talk about the race. Yeah. Much like you, I want to talk about the person. Yeah. Like, how did your mum feel when you got the podium? What did she say? Like, that's the shit I want to hear. Yeah, man. Yeah. And, and, and that's why, you know, when I talk to you, that's what I wanted to know about. I wanted to know about you, which is great. I mean, like I said, from the outside looking in, and it's, and I'm not really one of those freaks that goes with the with the, uh, with the the astrological signs. Because I was going to say Taurus, because you seem so, like, so dead set on your individualism and your, but everything is so, you like the independent, uh, humanitarianism, and, but your weakness, be temperamental. I don't know you like that, but it seems like you'd be temperamental. Yes. I'm, I'm not temperamental. Well, yes, I am, actually. And, well, you you just got temperamental hey. saying that. You just got temperamental saying that you are temperamental. <laughs> so you see, you are temperamental. Yeah, like you should talk to my business partner and my MD, like my managing director and my business partner, Reese. Yeah. Like he, oh man, you could talk about just all the crap that I've done wrong in the last three years all day based on my personality. It's, quite, it's, it's hilarious. There's a lot of stories there. That's great, though. I mean, you know, that's just who you are, though. You know what I mean? I mean, it helps to make who you are. And it's oh, interesting. Yeah. It's interesting because I was reading your, you know, reading your blogs, and it's amazing. This is how life is because, you know, you're, one minute you're, you're telling the top five, uh, 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 you know, sports things to read, uh, to watch on uh, Netflix, the documentaries, you know, to get us through the pandemic and, you know, how to, to spend the time and what you guys are doing. And then November 19th, 2020 hit, and I'll let you tell it. Yeah, that wasn't fun. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, I was I was in a, a fire, um, and I was really lucky that at the property we were staying at, we were on holiday in Adelaide, in South Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really lucky that there was a pool at the property, um, and I was on fire for about fifteen seconds. I sustained um, full thickness burns, which means it's not just a third degree burn; it's actually to the bone or to the muscle. Um, full thickness burns to 60% of my body. Um, so you know, my upper chest, my arms, which is why I wear these lovely gloves, uh, my stomach, my top half of my legs and the bottom of my legs. It stops at my ankles. Um, and I'm very lucky that things like my breasts and my belly button and, you know, my baby making bits are all good and fine. Like they are okay. Um, but yeah, that was a really, really tragic thing and I want to say tragic because it was it was I was it's not that I was in love with myself it's just that I never hated myself before my accident I never experienced that I never looked in the mirror and went god you're ugly I never felt that about myself I always felt really strong and confident in who I was and then going through that experience at the beginning I was fine 
I was like, this is great. I'm having a wonderful time. I'll be out of hospital in no time. And I smashed my rehab. I was walking within 20 days of my accident. I hadn't even had a skin graft yet. Um, you know, I was smashing goals. And they told me I was going to be in hospital for six months. I was out in 11 weeks. I was like, there is no way in hell that I will be in hospital for six months. Um, and then, yeah, I came back to Sydney for one month. I was looking at the ceiling recovering and I was miserable. And, you know, often when you're left with your own thoughts, it's not a good place to be. Yeah. Um, and I rang my, my business partner and I said, I need a job. Like, I need to go back to work. I can't do this. And a lot of people told me, you're not well enough. You're not fit enough. You can't go back to work. Take the year off. Get fit. And the only thing that made me better was coming back to work. I've never been stronger. Don't get me wrong. I have to go to bed early. Like, I get tired. But yeah, of course, of course. Um, I've never been stronger. And it's... um really interesting because I think a lot of people who would go through that kind of experience would really really struggle with it and I think I struggled for about six weeks I would say six weeks the first two weeks I wanted to jump I wanted it to end the next two weeks I hated the way I look but I got out of bed and the two weeks after that I looked at my body and I went it is what it is mate you can't change it and once you start to realize that and accept that and go through that process of you can't change your past but you can have a great day. You can't control everything, but just get up. And you start to, to realise that people actually aren't looking at you and people don't really care. Like, you know what I mean? People aren't, if anything, people feel sorry for you if you tell, if you tell your story or they feel like empowered occasionally. You know, I've had a lot of people tell me you're an inspiration and I'm like, that's very, that's very touching to hear. I don't often believe that myself, but that's, that's lovely to hear. Um, so it's been a journey and I'm still on the journey. I'm still recovering. You know, I've got another 13 months in my compression suit and that's to keep the scars flat. Um, but then after that, I can wear all my dresses again. I can't wait to wear my dresses, <laughs> but that was, yeah, it was tragic, but it's okay now. Like, you know, life goes on and life goes on with or without you. Whatever happens to you isn't going to change that. Wow. Okay. So like what exactly, like exactly, exactly happened? I mean, I know you, you, you know, told me, and if you don't want to talk about what exactly, I, I, I totally fine. understand. Yeah, I totally understand. But I mean, like, I, I know, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, you're at a, was it a party or it, it was uh, So it was just a couple of us having, um, you know, a midnight swim basically. Um, but there was no, we couldn't really see very well. So we went to light um, like a, a little, fire pit that was in the backyard of the property and i'm sorry i can't get too technical with the details just no of an ongoing case but um basically the fire pit somehow for some reason um landed on me like sparks landed on me flames landed on me um and because it was methylated spirits in the fire pit it was intense so it mm. burns very quickly doesn't burn for long burns quickly but it burns hot um, and because my clothes that I was wearing at the time had some elastine in them, it grabbed onto the elastine basically. Um, so yeah, after that, we were just opening the pool gate and dived right in. And I remember so vividly, I remember coming out of the pool and I had just had my nails done two days before. And I looked at my nails and I looked at my hands and I had, you know, like when skin peels off, yeah. like when you've got a sunburn, Yeah. like I had skin hanging off everywhere. And I looked at my nails and I was like, 
they look good. They, my nails look great. Like that was my first thought when I got out of like nothing else. I was like, wow. my nails look good. And then I had a look and I went, I look fine. Yeah. I feel fine because you don't realize it straight away. Um, and then, yeah, the ambulance came and there was a green whistle and there was a lot of green whistles in hospital. Oh, my God. Yeah. Penthrax. And then, um, yeah, on the, on the way to the hospital, and I remember flirting with my ambulance driver. <laughs> what, like, what did you say? I'm not even kidding. I remember it. I was like, do you want to go for a drink next week? I'm in Adelaide for a week. And my friend who was with me, CK, was like, you have no hair on your face or skin on your body. And I was like, no, nah, I'll be fine. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Oh so, yeah, after that, it's all a bit of a blur until I woke up in ICU and, and I was alone because it was a COVID lockdown going on. So no one could visit me. Right. Um, I was alone for five days before I could see anyone. And it was just, that was dreadful. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't for my nurse who was with me, she was, she was a beautiful lady. Um, I would have been completely alone. So that was a bit, yeah, there's, there's been some funny times in hospital. I have to say when I was in hospital, I didn't actually think about it too much. It was when I got out, I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah. so, so I guess it was your humor that got you through then, huh? I mean, the fact that you flirted with your ambulance driver, I love that. Did he flirt back and he go, hey, you must be in shock or either I'm I think up. he was being really sweet. Like, you know, I was wrapped up in this silver blanket. I literally had like no eyebrows, no eyelashes. All of here was burnt, like not too severely now, but at the time it was all burnt. Mm-hmm. And I was like, to my friend, like, what are you talking about? Like, of course I'm going to go out for a drink with him. Look at him. He's, he's single below 30 and employed. Like, why wouldn't I go for a drink with him? <laughs> That's great. That's awesome. Okay, so when did, when did when did reality hit? Like, you go, oh, okay, I'm, I'm, in, I'm, I'm in it deep now. I mean, because like, like you said, it didn't really hit until afterwards. I think, you know, it's funny. My, my best friend said to me yesterday, you amaze me because through your whole treatment, you smiled. You were always smiling. Um, and I think sometimes that's a coping mechanism for yes. people. I don't know. Yeah. But the last two weeks in hospital was the hardest because you're getting prepped to leave this very safe place with people that you see every day that you've built a relationship with, you know, the the nurses and the surgeons and whatever else, Mm -hmm. they're prepping you to leave that environment where being a burn survivor or victim or however you want to describe yourself is accepted, where it's okay, where they're not judging you because of your scars. So when I realised that I was about to go back into the real world and people were going to look at me, I was like, it's awful. And then I, I, you know, I, I had like a photo album in hospital that my friend had made for me and it was full of photos of me holding umbrellas and you know standing next to Vale Vale and Joan Zarco and all these types of things and looking real hot real cute and I was like the sudden realization was like I will never look that way again I won't look awful I won't I will look fantastic I will live in my body and I will love it but it was the realization in that last two weeks that was like I don't look like that anymore. I have to live in a body that I've never lived in before. I have to learn to accept it and love it, even though I don't. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, that was the that was the realisation. And it was, you know, I was on heavy medication, so I was a bit depressed. And um, I was alone, except for my friend that stayed with me the entire time. She came to see me every day. But, um, yeah, it was, like, very 
it was almost like being in prison, mm -hmm. but not wanting to leave prison. That's the only way I can describe it. Wow. Okay. How, how, how low did it get? Like how bad, how bad did you go where you went, okay, I got to get out of this because otherwise I'm going to go down this hole and I might not come back out. Or did you, or, or were you like that? Because I, I mean, like, I don't know you like that, but like, how low did it get for you? Because it has to be devastating. Because you said oh. here, you said here that, and this is your words here. You said you always considered yourself, um, you said, I always considered myself beautiful. And I worked in industries that, you know, that relied on beauty and glamour. I always thought I was a hot piece, no pun intended. And now you had to learn to live in this new body. And I, when I read that, that hit me hard because it's like, yeah, I mean, I, I read that without without saying, okay, this girl's full of herself. I mean, it's just, no, it's honestly, you can't, it, I would look at you different if you said, oh, you think I'm pretty? No, duh, we all know that. But, yeah. how, but how was it, like you said, that, okay, now you see the old pictures, and I'm never going to look at this again. Okay, I got to get ready for this new me. And how low did it get for you? Or how bad did uh, it get? I have to say, if my dad wasn't alive, I probably wouldn't be here. And that was in the first two weeks when I left hospital mm -hmm. because I really, really, really hated myself. And I think more than anything, I was embarrassed by it. I was embarrassed by the fact that this has happened to me. And, you know, I, I never had body issues before. I never felt differently about my body. Um, and suddenly I did. Um, and I think if my dad wasn't alive, I might not have been here. And also, I think the week after that, sort of that, it, it goes in two week periods. You kind of go up and down in, in these lungs, slums. Right. But I think the week after that, I, I spoke to uh, Reef, my business partner. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm never going to get my life back. It's never going to be the way that I planned it. And he said to me, write a list, just write a list of things you love. I don't care what's on the list, just write it. So, you know, I, I put down this list of about 50 things, and on it was like the Beatles and Liverpool and, you know, my friends like Simon and Franco and, and Reef and, and CK and all of those sorts of things and dad, obviously. Yeah. Um, and BT, and BT. MBT. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll add you to my list. I'll add you to my list. <laughs> it's true. I add, it's like, it's, it's a thing I do. It makes me feel good. Okay. But um, that helped. That yeah. helped. Cause I was like, I have reasons to live. People don't want me to die. Yeah. You know, people don't want me to not be here and um, people love me for me. And the thing that I've noticed the most after this, particularly uh, with men, for example, not, the, you know, I want to go out and date the entire city of Sydney, but what I've noticed is people who take an interest in me are taking an interest in me for me, not yes. because I have a low cut top on and I look damn fine. Like, right. no, she's actually a really smart and intelligent person and I'll have a chat to her. Yeah. Um, so that kind of has changed my perspective as well, a little bit of who I am mm -hmm. and what I seek in people as well. So, I mean, it's not been the best thing to happen to me, but it's not the worst thing that could ever happen to me either. Right. I'll live, I'll get through it. Yeah. Okay. Now, have you ever considered yourself a religious person or, or spiritual at all before or, or after, or are you still the same basically? You know, I'm so funny about it. You know, I grew up being quite a religious person. Like I really had a, I really believed in, in love and life and God. And as I've gotten older, I've probably just become a little bit more bitter. But or cynical. Or how about cynical? Cynical. Yeah, that's the word. Cynical. Okay. But I, I have to say, whatever you put out in the world, you get back. 
Now, I didn't ask for this to happen, but I've always put out good things. And even though this has happened, because accidents do happen, I've received so much goodwill back and help and, and love. So I think everything you put out in the world, you get back in some way. And if you're going to be a nasty, mean person, you will get that back eventually. But if you're going to be a kind, loving, caring person and, and humane and listen to people and take their, their, take their words, make them feel better, you know, mm-hmm. because a lot of people just want to be listened to. Yeah. If you do that, you're up to a good start. Yeah, like I said, that's, that's, you know, that's why I wanted to talk to you, you know, because I mean, I, I think, I mean, because, and, and I have no, I, I don't know who listens to this, but you never know. And there could be somebody who's maybe in your position, it's some, something just happened to them and they're wondering, you know, how do I get through this or whatever? You know, like last week I had uh, Nikki Hayden's uh, fiance on, you know what I mean? Yeah. And she was telling me how there was people who, you know, their loved one died and they had nobody to turn to or anybody who went through a similar situation and they were like, and they found her somehow and they reached out to her and she talked to them and and they networked and that's why you know you just you know what it's like i was looking at our private conversations the uh today and you know like one of the first ones you were like you have a linkedin because you know i like i listen to your franco and simon interview and i want people to listen to it and i was like remember and i was like i don't i don't know who listens to this i don't know and i'm putting out i'm going i don't know if this is any good or not i mean i'm enjoying it but you don't know and it was and you said that and i go well, thanks for telling me that you liked it and it was good. And so that way, and that inspired me. And that's, and that's true because I was, I was looking at that today going, wow, I'm trying to find, you know, and, and it's true. So who knows? Somebody might find this and go, okay, if she went, if she's going through this, you know, and then I can get through what I'm, or whatever I'm getting, because you never know what somebody's going through. And you never know, even the strongest people, they might put up a front, yeah. but behind that man, they're going, you know, am, am I good enough? And am I going to get through this? You know, I, I don't know if I want to get through this. You're always like pulling with yourself, you know, like I, I hold myself in such high standing and, you know, I got a message from my boss the other day saying, Hey, and I thought, Oh crap, like, what have I done? Mm -hmm. He was like, I am so proud of you. And I was like, Oh, thanks. You know, it's, 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 it's that constant struggle of like, you put yourself up there because you want to be that person, but sometimes life just gets in the way and you have to, um, you have to bring yourself back down a little bit occasionally and just talk to people and listen to people and tragedy and, and trauma happens to every single person. I don't know anyone that doesn't have a story. Yeah. Um, and that's the key part of, of trauma and, and, you know, talk about it, listen more than anything because people will go in circles and circles about what they've been through, but they just want to be heard. And I hope that when people listen to things like BT and Tales of Gemini and all that sort of thing, <laughs> I do. I hope that people are like, oh, it's okay. Like life goes on. It's all right. You never, it's never as bad as you think it is. Yeah, you know, I'm glad you said it because I, I honestly, I, I feel the same way. I mean, honestly, I, it's not just motorsports I'm into. I'm into like the story. And like you said, people's story, because people to me are in And because we're in motorsports or the same kind of thing, it's like, I just want to know your story. You know what I mean? Like I like I said, I knew you, but I didn't know know you. And then it's like, you know, because we, we talked before the accident and then afterwards. And you you mentioned this on one of your posts. And, and, and I hope you talk about this because it's like, what do you say to somebody? Because people want to be supportive but we say the wrong things and you wrote that down I was like you know what and I was so glad you put that down because I would have said all the things you say don't say to a burnt you know somebody who's been burned 
I was, I was going to say it because you just want to be like, I want to show you I'm supportive, but you're going to say the wrong thing. It's like, oh, man, I didn't. And I was like, man, I, I definitely would have said that. So if some, so if I was coming to you going, I want to show support, what should I say? Or what should you say to somebody who, who's gone through a trauma like you? So that post, right, I got a lot of people telling me, wow, you're so brave. And then I had a lot of people telling me, why would you post that? And when I think about it now, there is nothing you can say. There's no like, there's no right or wrong thing to say. Yeah. Um, yeah. And now I want to talk about it. I'm at a place where I want to help other people feel better about what they're going through because I can do that, you know. Um, but at the time when people are like, it was little, it was little like cynical comments. Like you're so lucky it didn't burn your face. You have a beautiful face. And to me, like every part of my body is beautiful. I'm not just a face, you know? So it was little things like that. And it was like people trying to find the silver linings in what had happened. There are no silver linings. Like at the time, there are no silver linings. What you're going through is what you're going through. And it's tragic. It's shit. You feel miserable about yourself. You hate your body. You hate your life. You know, your job's been taken away from you. You can't work, can't drive. You're stuck at home looking at the ceiling and you have this ugly body that you can't stand. And people have the audacity to say, you're so lucky. There's no luck in it. There was nothing lucky about that situation. And I think at the time, that was what was really getting to me. Like, I didn't want people to tell me I was lucky. I wanted people to, to hug me and say, I love you and you're important. Not find silver linings because there were none. There were absolutely none at the time. I've had to make my way back into life. You know, everything mm -hmm. that I've done, I've had to make myself. Um, and, I, you know, there's nothing you can say that's going to make it better. But what you can do is say, do you want to talk? Do you want a cup of tea? Do you want to sit down? Do you want to cuddle? I love you. They're, they're the only things that are really like, will make a, a person feel comfortable because that's all you're really looking for is comfort. Right. You're not looking for silver linings. And I think that at the time, that was what was really frustrating me. Now it's like, you know, if people tell me that I want to respond to them the same way I just did to you. Like, you know, it's not that. It's right. not that situation at all. Right. Um, but yeah, I think that's where I stand on it, especially when, you know, it's a fresh incident. Like you're just coming home after a three month hospital stay. You know, it's a hard time because you're not living the life you want to Right. Well, you know, I say it because I'm that idiot who wants to show that in my face or whatever that, man, I, I you know, I'm with you. But, you know, I, I've learned through time. It's better for me if I just shut the fuck up. If I just don't say anything, I'm better that way. I really am. I, if I just shut up and my face shows that I'm with you, then it's better. But I, I know I know I'll say the wrong thing. But it's like for somebody. But coming from the other side, I think if I just just like you just there, it's like, hey, you know, I don't know what to say, but I just want you to know that I'm with you. You know what yeah. I mean? I, and, 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 that's, and that's I hope I'm talking for people who are like me, who you don't know. what. It's almost like when somebody dies, you know. And, and the other person, you don't know what to say, but you want to be like, listen, I can't, you know, and I try on my post and, you know, with Instagram and Facebook, I like, listen, I always say, and I try to hit him up on a direct message instead of where everybody can see. I yeah. go, I can't say I know what you're going through. I can't say it because everybody's, everybody's life and situation is different. But yeah. just know that, man, I really feel for you. It hits my soul. And it, it really does. I, 
I just like I guess I'm at a point now where everything like affects me like you know to tears in a way like to where it's like I don't want I don't want anybody I don't want to see anybody suffer or be hurt yeah. you know what I mean and it hurts me that like I had a friend his his brother got killed and I was like man I I can't say I know what you're going through but man if you want to talk about it bro hit me up or whatever you know what I mean and it's funny because like just a week before he had posted something about <laughs> for something about the election and this and that and I go. I thought I knew that guy, and I was so mad at him. I was kind of pissy. I go, well, I, won't be, I'll be talking, I won't be talking to this son of a bitch. And then his brother died, and I was like, hey, listen. And then I was like, you know, fuck all that, man. We're human beings, and however you think, whatever, man. I just want to know I'm here. So, and that's what it is. So somebody on this side, I'm glad you said that. So we know what to say. Like, listen, I'm going to say it wrong, but just know I'm here for you. If you want to talk or whatever, I'm here. Yeah, and, and I mean that. And it was, but did you ever get to a point, though, when it first happened? Where you, or did you ever, ever think, why me? Like, why me? Or, or oh, constantly, constantly. Because, like, I know in my heart of hearts, I'm not a bad person. I'm really not. I shame myself a lot. Like, I, I really do. But I know I'm not a bad person. And I was sitting there in hospital and I was like, but why? Why would this happen to me? Of all people, like, I don't deserve this. But, you know, things get put in your life and you have to deal with them. And you can make the best of it or you can make the worst of it. So I don't really have a choice. Like, I know I'm going to make the best of it, you know? And that's that's that. It is. It, I can't say why me. It is me. I don't have a choice. I don't have any answers. It just is what it is. Yeah. I mean, so how did you, how did you gradually turn the switch? Like, from, okay, from... Okay, why me, why me to, okay, because, you, you know, you said it in such a matter-of-fact statement, but I know it's not that easy, you know. You said, like, matter-of-fact, okay, did with it, blah, 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 but how did you gradually go from, okay, why me to, okay, this is, this is what it is now, and God damn it, we're going we're gonna to get through it because this is my new life now, and we're going to do it. That, you know, it is so me. <laughs> yeah. Um, I faced a lot of tragedy in my life not just this incident I've had I've been through the wars I really have and I've always just gone through it like I shut my eyes and run like just get through it you know and even with this situation like that took a little bit longer like I I avoid mirrors like I don't look in mirrors now I'm still going through it you know um but when I do look in the mirror I do like think oh it's getting better and it's changing but I just avoid it and um it's things like that but to get to the point to where I am now is very much just who I am. Like I've never, I say it how it is. Not everybody likes it, but I'll be damned if I'm not going to do it. Like, you know, it's just how it is. And I had so much support from my friends and my dad and, and my mom and lots of people. But I knew when everybody was telling me like, we love you, we support you and blah, blah, blah. At the end of the day, it's all down to me. If I don't do it, no one will. And that was my motivation. And, you know, second to that, my motivation is like, I have two beautiful nieces who yeah. I love to death. I have no children of my own. Yeah. But I wasn't about to be, a, you know, piss weak. I was, you know, I need to set an example for them of like what a strong independent woman in the 21st century is going to do with their lives I've always worked I have a great career I've done wonderful things I don't want my nieces to go oh my auntie had an accident to their friends you know I don't want them to say like oh my auntie can't do this because she had an accident hell no you can do whatever you want 
Yeah. And I want, I want them to take that from me. I want to be strong for them more than anything. I want to show them what strength looks like. How, how old are, are you, Nisha? How old are they? They're about nine and 12. Oh, I so that, they're, know, but they're, they're, they're at an impressionable age. So yeah, man, that's, that's where, you know, like, okay, especially the 12 year old. Cause it's that age where like, you know, it's like they're developing and, it, and there's boys. So you, you got to tell them, listen, be strong. Don't yeah. put, don't put up a shit for men. You know, if you, whatever path you want, you take that path and don't be deterred if that's what you want. And that's why I say this, this time in life, you can look at the negative, but the positive is, this time in life is like everything is on the table and it's like you don't have to go down like that's the stereotype. You don't have to be, okay, I'm going to you know, have dinner ready for my husband when he comes home and this and that. You, hey, if you want to be a career in motorsport, damn it, and you want to work in a paddock, you know, and not just hold an umbrella, what's nothing wrong with that? You know, you can do that, you know, and the fact that you showed her strength knowing that you're still going through it. I mean, that's the that's the hard part that you're still going through, it, but, you know, you have to set the example. And that's what's beautiful. And that's why I wanted to talk to you, because that's what you're doing. You're setting that example because we don't know. And what I when the hardest part for me, because I, I don't like I don't like to write the questions, but sometimes I, I do just because. But I wanted to ask, man, when it's all said and done with. You know, and, you know, I can't, it's like, it's not a front, but you are, you are, and, and you're going through it and you're showing, hey, you know, life is all right. But when it's all said and done, when, when, it's, when, it's, when it's quiet, phone's turned off, TV's off, and you're just sitting there or laying or whatever, I mean, do, do you cry sometimes? And I'm not even saying it's a pity cry, but sometimes do you just think, do you cry? Or, or, do you, or do you replay that memory back? You know, I don't cry anymore. But and did that's you? a good thing. But did I did. You? I used to cry a lot. Yeah. Um, and gradually less and less. And now I don't cry. But I lay in bed and I think about Of course I do. I think about it. Can't not think about it. But what I've stopped doing is thinking about what my life would be like if I hadn't got burnt. Because I know what my life would be like. I was living it. Yeah. It's, uh, I've stopped doing that. And I just think life is, you know, I can't go or do or be anything other than what I am. Um, and I think about it. I hate that it happened. I do. Of course I do, yeah. but I can't change it. And I really hope that I can make the most of this and make the most of it for someone. And, and I don't care who I help. I want to help someone. You already um, are. You already are. I mean, I mean that you already are. I mean, you're, you're living it. You're smiling. I mean, you, yeah, you, you have that effervescence about you. It's like, okay, if she can go through this, man, I can get through it. And, and, and that's the truth, man. It's like, you know, you say you want to help, but that's what you're doing by living. And you said it best. I love that. Life is. And that's it. I mean, it's, you know, sometimes you can't control what happens to you, but you control your attitude towards it. And that's what you're yes. doing. You know, and, and, if, and, and if and maybe I don't know what's going on inside your head, but maybe if 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 it's a little more uh, unsure about you on the inside, I don't see it. You know, I see a woman who and if I didn't know what happened, I see just regular old Maddie. You know what I mean? I see regular old Maddie yeah. who, who's ready for this this uh, thing to be over so we can start flying across the world and following valet and the boys and and going to the paddock and creating yes. and raising hell and going to parties and eating out of eating pizza out of vans. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, following our friend yeah, in I a following our friend in a van having Christmas pizza. <laughs> love, that. love my friend in the van. I pizza. love your friend. <laughs> I didn't realize how sexy he got, man. Like I was looking at pictures, like, oh my god, this guy is this guy's slimming up. He's looking all sexy. I know he's looking so 
so good. I can't believe it. He looks excellent. I know. I'm like, he's got some good motivation, though. I guess so. I I guess he is. Maybe he's getting his Tinder profile. (laughs) Maybe he's getting his Tinder profile ready for somebody. (laughs) I don't know, but he's looking good, though. But you know why, though? Honestly, it's like because we take motivation from you, man. And that's the truth. I mean, it's like no matter what. I mean, because honestly, there's some days I wake up like, man, what? I mean, I don't know what it is, but I just like, I gotta. How do people do it? I say, I, I get now when people get older, they go, you know what? <laughs> I'm done. I mean, it's getting up is getting harder and harder for me. I don't know why, but but it's like little thing, and it sounds so cheesy, but it's the truth though. If you can see somebody who's going through it, and I, you know, because I, I saw your pictures. I think the one that got me was the one you were on that sport bike, and and you were like, I didn't know ten days later that my life yeah. would change. You know what I mean? You're on a sport bike and you're just living life and then boom. And then the, your last one you posted, you know, it's a pretty picture. It's like, you know, kind of sexy picture. And I was like, and I'm, and I always try to look beyond the picture. Like I can try to see what's going on. It's like, and it's like, I, I just see, it's like before the accident, I just see like you, you, like you said, life is, and I see you living and going, Hey man, I'm going to own this. You know, this is yeah. who I am. And I, and you I, know what I hate more than anything? I'm what? not going to lie. This is the thing that really frustrated me the most about my accident. I spent $350 10 days before my accident to get it dyed blonde. It looked beautiful. It was so pretty. And then I was in hospital for three months. I didn't even get to use that hair. I didn't even get to enjoy that hair. It just all grew out. $350. I was so mad. Like, it's the little things like that that annoy me. Like, I'm not even joking. I was like, oh. I looked so good. I didn't even get to enjoy the hair. But your nails looked impeccable. <laughs> but your nails. I went into I went into theater and the doctor was like, "Nice manicure." And I was like, "Thank you." I know. That's <laughs> great. And that's hey, you know what? I, honestly, what that is is that's that's, that's the greatest coping mechanism. People look at it how they want to. I look at that as great because what you do. I mean, it happened to you. Okay. Boom, we're moving on. And that's what you're doing, man. I mean, you're showing that resilience. Like I said, you're setting a great example for your nieces. You should, I mean, that, that's the most important. To me, I don't know why. I always think boys are going to be okay. You know what I mean? I always think yeah. boys are You know, I think eh, boys, I mean, I mean, no offense, but men, you know, the world was kind of built for them. I mean, you know what I mean? They're going to be okay. Amy Schumer said it best. Like, oh, I don't know. Uh, white guys, you have it so tough now. You know what I mean? It's like, you're yeah. going to be okay. But it's like, that's why in a way I have that soft spot. I love talking to, having a chat with you ladies. Because to me, women in motorsport, I, I just look at you guys as different. You know what I mean? And I res- and I, it's weird because I think I respect you more because I know what you're going to, I mean, going through. It's almost, in a way, it's almost like my situation. And don't get me wrong. Yeah. I, I always say, in the paddock, I've never had a bad experience. Everybody's always been, treated me great. But, you know, being that, you know, like you can tell, you know what I mean? So, it, so and with you, with the ladies there, I always try to show you guys a little more extra, extra respect if that's even possible. You know what I mean? Because I know the situation you're in. And that's why I respect people like Vanessa and, and, and you and, and, and uh, Milana, who, who works for uh, uh, Forward yeah, Racing. Yeah, Forward you know, Racing, yeah. I who I, very well. Yeah, who I, I just love that. And Maria, you know, all those people in that paddock, I respect them so much and I love what they're doing. And you, with what you're doing now, it just... Like you said, life is. And just show them you can get through it. I mean, you still have the beauty. You still have the great smile. Do, have you thought about going on a uh, maybe a, a, a speech, like a, a speech tour or whatever, or maybe at hospitals or, or for people? In- maybe. 
Yeah, Maybe. for rehab units, I honestly, I really think you should because I think you show them that you can do it, that you can't be stopped. Because, you know, for going through what you went through and that, like I said, that little moment of why me, why me? And by, and then all of a sudden, boom, you're out of it. Show them, hey, I can do it. Look at me. I'm, you know, like you had the pictures, man. You're walking the street. You're still looking like a fashion model. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, you did. And you were owning it. I was like, oh, she's back. You know, we didn't know what was going on. But, but oh, babe, I never left. I you, never left. That's what I'm talking about. You <laughs> Never left. left, and that's took a beautiful. Little holiday, a long and extended holiday in Adelaide. That's all. That, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. That's beautiful, and that's what it's all about, man. You should definitely, honestly, go on tell speech or motivational speeches. You know what I mean? And and yeah. on how, how comfortable you are with it, but you know, go and, and go in a sundress web and show people, hey, listen, this is me now. No, show pictures like this is you know this is what you know how I used to be, and then tell tell about the accent, and then say boom. But it's not stop me, and nothing can stop you. If I can get through this, you can get through this. And you'd be surprised. Like, I mean, you know, I, as a kid, I used to think talks like this were cheesy. But now that I get older, man, you realize that for that one or two people it does reach who are going through it, they go, okay, yeah, if she can go through this, I can get through it. And that's, and that's really what it's about. Those, you're reaching those people who go, that's my inspiration. They look at you as an inspiration because that's what you are. You know what I mean? And honestly, yeah. So I really think you should go on because you're you're funny, engaging. You, you're, you know, you got the looks, whatever. So you should do that because you're going to help people, and that's what it's all about—helping people. Very you know? kind of you. Thank you. No, no, it's the truth. It's just the truth. You know. And I love this chat. And before we get out of here, damn it, I want to hear some gossip. I want to hear some gossip. Do you have any GP gossip oh. for me, or or WSBK gossip? Because you know I love SBK. I can't, I actually can't. <laughs> I can't. will never be allowed back in that paddock again. Oh, I, I, tell, I tell you what, when we get off the air, you can tell me. We get off the air. Off and the it, air, hey. we can do it. <laughs> but if you share it, I'm... I, like, if you didn't hear it from me... <laughs> look at me. Do you think I would share it? Look at his face. No. You think I would share? I would never do you that way. Look, 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 look. I would, ne- <laughs> would never do you that way. I, I just love gossip. I really do. And uh, so, you know, that's, that's the kind of guy I am. I like gossip, but I, I'd right. never tell. Off, I, yeah. I never tell. Off the air, we can share some gossip. Off the air. And, and it, won't, it won't even be a Patron or, or a special uh, whatever. The, uh, what, what do they call it now? The new thing that, nope. that girls do. What, what do they call it? What's the new thing that people do? For what? Uh, yeah, they they have like a a site. I mean, Instagram for fan, fans only. It won't it won't be a fans only. only you, fans. Oh, only. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but is that nasty stuff? What? Where it's fans only. You ever you ever seen that? Like like um like they say like a Instagram model or whatever, and she has like a fans only section. You have to pay money, and you go, oh my god. Oh, only and, fan. Yeah, only fan. Yeah, only fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, got, I oh, we got some good gossip to talk about. <laughs> We're gonna. We have stuff to discuss. Okay, we're going we're to get to that. Okay, we're going to get to that. I want to ask you some fun questions before we get here. Some fun questions before we get here, okay? Okay, so if, if at all possible, if Liverpool was playing for the championship, okay, the championship, at the same time, MotoGP was starting and F1 race was starting, which one do you watch? Liverpool. Are you serious? Turn it off, Malik. Turn it off. Turn it off, Malik. We're done. <laughs> can't believe you. No, because I know I can watch MotoGP replay after. Whatever. Whatever. Just stay on social media. What, what? <laughs> I'm going to watch it anyway. Like. Okay. You're, okay, fa- favorite footballer. Favorite footballer. Favorite footballer. Favorite football? A footballer, yeah. Foot- uh, in- individual. Individual. In any sport? Uh, no, favorite footballer of all, of all the soccer players ever. Your favorite one. 
have one. You don't? No. Like not oh. Messi, Messi, Ronaldo. Oh. Nah, yeah, probably. Actually, yeah, no, Messi. Messi. Yeah, because my brother. No, because my brother hates him. So yeah, Messi is great. Yeah, that's a good choice, actually. Sibling rivalry. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Favorite uh, MotoGP racer of all time. I think I know this one. My favorite MotoGP racer. Valley, of course. Okay. WSBK racer. Uh, oh, that's a tough one because I like a lot of them. Um, Tom Sykes. That's right. Because you know what? Because of you, I didn't realize I wasn't following him. So I, I followed him because of you. I saw you with him. You held his umbrella, right? I was on pole position. It was the best yes. day of my life. <laughs> yes, that's right. And I start fo- and it was today because I was trying to, you know, do a little research. And I saw, I go, how, how am I not following Tom Sykes? So I followed him all because of you. See? Because okay, so he's your favorite, huh? He's your he's favorite. He's my favorite. I love Tom Sykes. Okay, all right, all right, and okay, and we already hit, already hit the top five Beatles songs. How about this? Top five Rolling Stone songs. How about that? Top five Stone songs. Um, why do they all disappear when you like trying? Why are you putting me on the spot? Uh, Brown Sugar. I know that's right. Painted Black. I know that's right. What else? I don't know. Oh, horses, wild horses, but acoustic version. Yes. Um, obviously satisfaction. I feel like that just has to be in there for, you know, yeah. I'm trying to, oh, there's a song that I love, but it's from like their 1964 album. And I can't remember the name. I'll tell of you it. something. My favorite song of all time. I mean, all time, all time is a Rolling Stone song. It's uh, my favorite song of all time. And I'm going to ruin it what for you. Sympathy for the devil. I think yes, I, I think that I, is such a good song. That's yes, the greatest song to me ever made ever made sympathy for the devil and that's a great song and there's another song that you should listen to and it's nothing like that but it's called ode to billy joe by bobby gentry and i want you to after this is over i want you and it's it's from a movie it's an old time movie. i think the movie's in the 60s well probably late 60s to early 70s but the song's called ode to billy joe it's the title track and from that first guitar lick You'll go, oh my God. It, it sounds like nothing you've ever heard before, but I promise you, you will love it. It's, I, I, I can't say it's folksy. I can't say it's bluesy, but it's acoustic, but it has a little uh, uh, orchestra in it. And it's, the, I, it's second to, to Sympathy for the Devil, and they're nothing alike. So I want you to listen okay. to Old to Billy Joe. Old to Billy Joe. So, all right, before we get out of here, you know what? I think that's about it for you. I, I, I want, what, what's next for you in life? How about that? What's next for you in life? I've got very big things planned, I think, in the next two or three years. Um, what, what do you want to do? What does Maddie want to do? I want to be a commercial partnerships director in sport. So what sport? I'm on the road. I'm a sales and marketing manager right now. I'm on okay. the track. I'm events, so I'm getting there. That's where I want to be in life, and I'll get there eventually. And where do you want to live? And where do you want to live? Sorry? And where do you want to live? Where do you want to live? Uh, I'm going to stay in, I'm going to stay in Sydney for the, the next couple of years because of COVID. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, okay. But one day, one day I'll be in Liverpool. Okay. Liverpool, the run sports and married? Uh, no, maybe. Okay. I want a baby. Like want a ba- I wanted a baby yesterday. So. <laughs> <laughs> I really, really want a child. Okay. I'm not even kidding. We can Bo- skip marriage, but I want a baby. I, I know that's right. Okay. Boy or girl, boy or girl. Boy. Why boy over girl? Why? Um, because I know exactly what I was like as a teenager. And that sounds bloody terrible. I don't want that. 
I really don't. I, I won't cope. It's not for me. And, and what kind of hell were you? What kind of hell were you? Oh, like I was great. Don't get me wrong. I was the golden child, but yeah. I was very good at sneaking out the window and going to parties and being in places that I shouldn't have been in. And I was a massive bitch to my mum. Oh, God, I was the, such a bitch to her. Not to my dad. My dad was great. But yeah. <laughs> I don't want to live with that. No, if I have a daughter, I'm stuffed. No, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. That's good. So what kind of, before we get out of here, what, what kind of words of inspiration you want to uh, leave uh, the viewers with? Um, that's a good one, isn't it? I think I will say this. And it's a Nixon quote, which is not everyone's favorite president, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, he's done a little stuff, but go ahead. <laughs> but because it's in relation to what I've been through, I will say uh, it's the title of my my article. Even the finest steel has to go through the hottest fire. So no matter what, you'll come out of it. Might be hot, but it's all right. That's beautiful, Maddie. That's beautiful. And I mean, if on the bottom of my heart, thank you for your time. I mean, if on the bottom, if you guys get a chance, follow Maddie Scordia on, uh, on Instagram and see her pictures and, and live with her through her life. And she's inspirational. If you're going through anything, like she said, man, hey, life is. And I think you summed it up. When you said that, that hit. Life is. I mean, if she can get through it, you can get through it. And if not, hit her up on, is it okay if somebody hits you on direct message on, on social media? Of course, media? of course. I check it all the time. I want to talk to people. Like, hit me up. Anything yeah. you want to talk about. Hit her up, man. If you need some inspiration, if you're going through something and we all go through stuff, hit her up, please, whatever. Thank you for watching. Tales from a Gemini. Maddie Scordia, thank you so much. You're beautiful inside and out, but I already knew that. Thank you so much. And thank you for watching Tales from a Gemini. And like I say about this time, you know the word. Peace. <laughs>